look familiar? Yeah? Okay, from last week. It's the same picture from last week. This, this is the other side of that message. Last week's message was supposed to be twice as long. I'll cut it in half for your sake. We all good? How are we doing this morning? How are we doing this morning? How are we doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you uh, this morning, if you're a guest with us, my name is Jonathan, Jonathan Williams. I'm a part of Team North Oaks here, part of the family. Uh, I am the pulpit minister. I usually give the message on Sundays, uh, so if you come back on another Sunday, I'll probably be talking again then, too. Uh, but if we haven't had a chance to meet, I would love to meet you before we leave. And if you are a guest with us today, I hope you got enough uh, handshakes and hugs to make sure that you feel welcome and that you definitely feel a part of the family and feel, feel at home here at our congregational building. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, uh, you guys ready for the word? Yes. All right, you know I like to do my affirmation before we get into the word, so if you'd like to join me in an affirmation, hold up your Bibles and your Bible apps and say these words. Say, I believe, I believe. the word of God. Word of God. I, hope I hope in the promises of God. Promises of God. Say it like you mean it. I trust my life, trust my life. To, the to the will of God. Say that one more time. I trust my life, trust my life. to the will of God. I really need you guys to mean this today. Not that, not that you're saying it like you don't mean it, but today's message is really going to need you to trust your life to the will of God. So, so just one more time for good measure. I trust my life, trust my life to the will of God. Will of God. Amen. 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 Uh, it's a simple concept that we're going to discuss uh, today. Uh, but just because the concept is simple doesn't mean that the manifestation of the living out of the concept is simple. Uh, it takes a change of mind, which requires a change of heart, which then leads to a change of habit, a change of behavior, and then a perseverance in that change of behavior, trusting that what is supposed to happen will happen because God said that's what will happen. Is that all right? All right, so we are continuing uh, the series that we began a couple weeks ago, uh, the idea of living a transformed life because of our faith. Having faith in Jesus uh, should lead to living a life that expresses this faith in Jesus, which means living a life because we have faith in Jesus should look totally different than the life that we lived before we had faith in Jesus. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? All right. Uh, uh, there are just life changing events where things after the event are just different than the things before the event. Uh, and accepting the truth of Jesus Christ, receiving Jesus as our Savior, burying the old man in the watery grave of baptism, being raised up as a new creature in new life uh, by God, uh, being resurrected, having our sins washed away, being redeemed, being renewed, being uh, reclaimed, uh, being one of God's children, that life-changing event should then be such of, uh, of such magnitude that what we do, how we do it, why we do it, all these kinds of things are then just different. And the idea of being a babe in Christ, uh, although it is given as a, a figurative term, it is much more uh, literal uh, in, in the sense that we really are new in the sense of being spiritual beings. And we have to learn from our father, from our nurturers, from our caregivers, how to grow and mature as spiritual beings so that we can live as spiritual beings. Sometimes people go down here and they have a wet experience. But 
they then do not allow their faith to become their guide and they don't open themselves up to the teaching of Jesus. And so their wet experience doesn't become the life-changing event that it is intended to become because they don't allow themselves to be fed and to be nurtured and to be taught and to be raised and all that kind of stuff, right? Simple question. How many of you guys know your name? Okay, kind of a simple revelation. You know your name because somebody told you that was your name. As simple as that is, that's how we learn. My name might not actually be Jonathan. My parents might be playing a long prank. <laughs> and one day we'll all laugh. But I have entrusted in their teachings and they have told me that the moniker that I shall go by is Jonathan. And I accepted that. Amen? Thus how we are raised and nurtured and taught and people pour into us and we embrace and I, uh, right? Make sense? So in the life-changing event, we say that we are pledging ourselves to Jesus. In the life-changing event, we say that we are making Jesus our only authority, our only teacher, our guide, and our example. In the life-changing event, we say that the things that I thought I know, I'm going to toss those away. I'm not as smart as I thought I was. I'm not as developed as I thought I was. I'm not as accomplished as I thought I was. Nothing matters other than what Jesus gives me and what Jesus makes me. Amen? So what God says is, yes? God says it, that's the truth, and it's right. Yes? All right. So if hypothetical situation, if we read in scripture that Jesus says that for us to be good servants every morning, we have to take two raw eggs, one in each hand and smash them on our heads. What do we do? You better stock up on eggs. If that's what Jesus says. Now, that may not make sense to you. You may not see the reason behind that. You may not understand why Jesus wants us to, to mess up all these eggs. You don't understand why he wants to. You, you might not understand why, but if Jesus says it, it's truth. And if it's truth from Jesus, we do what? Amen. See, here's the thing. I didn't design me. I didn't create me. I was created by the creator, designed by the creator. I work uh, and function the way the creator says I work and function. And so when he tells me what I need to do in, in, in my maintenance, then I do that for my maintenance. If he tells me what I need to do for my function, then I do that for my function. If I don't do what the creator tells me to do, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do to be who I'm supposed to be. Does that make sense? And that's why we make affirmations like I trust my life to the will of God. I trust my life to the will of God because God designed me and God gave me life. God knows what life is all about. God knows how to sustain life. God knows how to nurture and grow and mature life. And so I have to trust my life to God and God's will. Is that, is that all right? Simple concept that we're going to discuss this morning about how we function. My son's school has a big buddy, little buddy program. They've, all, they've had it for a long time. My, my, my son's in third grade. Uh, my, my daughter was, uh, was in the same thing when she's in high school now, but when she went to this school, uh, they had this big buddy, little buddy program at the school. And so when my son was in kindergarten, he had a big buddy. 
he had an older student who was his big buddy. And he had this older student uh, that would spend time with him and go out on the playground with him and play some games with him. And he would show him around the school and kind of get him used to the playground politics and, you know, show him where the bathrooms were and, you know, how to use the little counter to, to, to buy food. They got a little red cart where they buy snacks, how to, how to do all that kind of stuff. He would tell him the things that a person uh, who had been at the school for a while would know, but that a new person wouldn't know. And the Big Buddy program was really, he was just a mentor to his little buddy. Now, the reason that my son's school uses student mentors is because the budget is really low. They don't have teachers. They don't have a principal. <laughs> no, you know that's not true. They have all that stuff. The principal's doing the principal's job. The vice principal's doing the vice principal's job. Uh, uh, they, they, they have a counselor. Uh, they have a nurse. Uh, they have cafeteria staff. They definitely have teachers. They have teachers' aides. They are fully staffed. We live in Santa Clarita. All of our schools are good. We're blessed. They have full staff that get paid to do what they do for our kids. A a amen? But they see the value in giving younger students that one-on-one -on -one exposure with older students in that mentor-type relationship. And so my son had that starting in kindergarten. And now my son is in the third grade, and guess what? My son's a big buddy. My son's a big buddy, and he has a little buddy. My son is nine years old, and he's a mentor. And knowing my son, the only thing his little buddy is learning is how to play handball. <laughs> right? That's My son loves handball. Now, interesting thing, mentoring is actually something that God gave us for our growth. I just want to let that sit, and I just want to kind of gauge whether you think I'm making that up or whether you be less God's word, but I just, you know. Mentoring is actually something that God gave us for our Growth. Last week, we talked about the need for every member to learn from a mentor, for every member to have a mentor that they can learn from. So, of course, today we talk about the other side of that coin. We're going to talk about the need to actually be a mentor to somebody. Is that all right? Somebody's like, no, it's not all right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Anybody who has ever mentored will tell you that mentoring is not only about the learner learning. Mentoring is also about the mentor learning as well. A amen? Uh, uh, another uh, version of that. Ask any parent how much they grew, how much they learned uh, when they were a first-time parent, how much taking care of, uh, caring for somebody else uh, caused them to learn, caused them to grow. And they will tell you the big difference that it made. Just actually caring for somebody else and being responsible for the care of somebody else grows us. We learn when we care for each other. We grow in helping others grow. I'm kind of thinking this might be the way God designed us. That in helping other people grow, we ourselves actually grow. A a amen? Because faith is like a muscle in the sense that it needs to be exercised to become strong and to stay strong. Right? Right? Muscles become strong when you do stuff with them. When you exercise them, they become strong. 
And once they become strong, they don't just stay strong because they are strong. That's why you see people uh, who used to be athletes and they used to look like this. And then two years after retirement, they look like this. (laughs) Because they used to be strong when they exercised the muscle and then they discovered, you know, cheeseburgers taste great. (laughs) And then the muscles aren't what they used to be. And faith is like that as well. We have to exercise it to get it strong so that it can do more. And we have to continue to exercise it to keep it strong because if we stop exercising it, it gets flabby. Are we there? Once Paul's faith was headed in the right direction, because we know for a while it was kind of iffy for Paul, especially before he changed his name. But once his faith was headed in the right direction, Paul recognized his responsibility to be a mentor. Growing faith needs to be demonstrated. We talked about that in the first week, faith that works. And growing faith needs to be nurtured, needs to be cultivated. We talked about that in the second week. That's faith that learns. And hopefully we can accept today's truth that growing faith also needs to be passed on. That's faith that mentors. Amen. We pour into other people who pour into other people who pour into other people. That sounds like something that the Bible has given us an understanding of before. Is is that right? Now, we know that uh, in in biblical times, uh, when Jesus walked on the earth, uh, even before Jesus uh, walked on the earth, the rabbinical system was the norm. The rabbinical system was their mentoring system. Uh, A a rabbi or a a teacher, he would choose uh, young people and uh, uh, he would train those young people. And in training those young people, he trained them also to be teachers. Amen. Now, we know that the people who Jesus trained, they were actually the first teachers in God's kingdom. They were the first teachers in God's kingdom because they were the first students in God's kingdom directly at the feet of Jesus Christ. They had that relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus poured into them directly. It wasn't only about the broadcast. It was about the up close, the personal, the one on one, the one on three, the one on six, the one on 12. But Jesus had his chosen students and he poured into them directly and he made them teachers. And because he made them teachers, they then in turn taught people. Right. Right. We never see where Paul says, you know, I'm just going to live a good life and hope people notice. Paul, James, John, Peter. They connected. They reached out. They had these connections with their second generation students, so to speak. Amen. Amen. One of the relationships that we are very familiar with is Paul and Timothy. Paul mentored Timothy. In Paul and Timothy's relationship, we see that Paul understood that mentoring was critical not only for Timothy, but also critical for him. And it was also critical for the mission of Christianity. Mentoring was critical for the kingdom of God because that's the way God designed us to be in the kingdom. Are we okay with that idea? Paul and Timothy traveled together. Paul and Timothy, they lived together. They roomed together because they would go wherever they they were going. But they, they would teach and preach together. They would serve and minister together. They lived their lives together for quite a period of time. Very close. Amen, amen? 
And I just want to take a quick look at something that Peter, uh, uh, excuse me, that, that, that Paul said uh, to Timothy uh, while Paul was, was in prison. He, he wrote a couple of letters to Timothy that made them, uh, that became part of what we understand to be the New Testament. And I just want to take a look at this little passage that Paul gave over to Timothy. Let's take a look at 1 Timothy 4, beginning at verse 6. And mind you that this is toward the end of the relationship between Paul and Timothy, primarily because Paul was in prison and it's probably, I don't think by this time he, he, he's realized that he's not going to see Timothy again. But he's beginning at verse 6. He says, if you point out these things to the brothers. First thing he's talking about here is teaching. If you point out these things to the brothers, what things? Well, you know, we're, we're in chapter four, so he's been saying things all through chapter one through three. Uh, we can easily uh, point to verses one through five here because we're at verse six. So, so e very easily one through five, the things that he's talking about. Point these things that I just said out to the brothers. If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a what? Good servant of Jesus Christ. If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. If you teach others, you're a good servant. If you teach others, you're a good servant. Did I make that up? Is that what you see? If you teach others, if you teach others, if you teach others, this is old man, new man stuff. This is old man, new man stuff. This is living by faith versus not living by faith. Why are we teaching others? Because we're good servants. Because we're good servants. And this is the service that God has called us into. Are we there? Okay, so if, 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 if you teach others, you're a good servant. Uh, uh, if you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Nourished by the words of faith and good doctrine, which you have followed faithfully. Did you guys catch that? What's, 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 what's going to happen if you are a good servant and you teach? You're getting nourished. You're getting nourished by the very same word and the very same faith that you are helping to instill in the person that you're teaching. Don't, don't you get it? When you teach, it's for them and for you. You get nourished when you teach and, be, and, and you're a good servant. Are, are we all there? All right, keep going. So uh, uh, pay no attention to worldly and absurd myths, but train yourself for godliness. Don't waste your time with useless stuff. Don't waste your time with useless stuff. Instead of wasting your time with useless stuff, spend your time and your energy being spiritually fit or getting spiritually fit. Work on your spiritual fitness. Somebody told me something this, just this morning um, about social media stuff. Came and said, hey, did, did you notice I'm, I'm not posting that kind of stuff on social media? I've been good this week. Just out of the blue. And I was like, oh, man, I missed it. Because I stopped looking at your page because you post stupid stuff. No. <laughs> but somebody said, they, they took it upon themselves to say, hey, you know what? That's not as profitable as I thought it might have been when I first started doing it. That's a lesson I learned for myself. Right? 
I can be controversial. Sometimes I like to be controversial. Sometimes it's fun to be controversial. But it's a lot less profitable than it is fun. Amen? So don't waste your time with this useless stuff. Spend your time and your energy getting and staying spiritually fit. And he goes on and makes this, uh, this, 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 this comparison. It says, for bodily training is beneficial to an extent, but godliness is beneficial in all things because it holds the promise b- both for life now and for life to come. Physical fitness has some benefits, but spiritual fitness has all the benefits. Are we okay with that? So go ahead and, you know, sweat to the oldies. And you get some gain from that. But what's what's really important is your spiritual fitness. Your spiritual fitness is important for life right now and life to come and life everlasting. Amen. 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 Are we all there again? No. uh, Verse nine. uh, This thing is trustworthy and and, uh, trustworthy and worthy of all acceptance. Everything that I'm saying is true and should and everybody should accept it. This is just true stuff. That's 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 true. Verse 10. Indeed, it is for this reason that we what? Say that again. What, what did Paul say they do? And he's talking to Timothy. This is why we do this. It is for this reason that we work hard. We're servants. We're workers. We have a task. We're on mission. We're missionaries. God has given us good works to do. Amen. And, and Paul says, not only has God given us good works to do, we work hard. And continue, they, we work hard and we ain't always appreciated for the work we do. I mean, he says we work hard and we're insulted. But that, that, that's what he means. He says we work hard and we're insulted uh, because we, we, we put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. We work hard because our hope is in God. Are we all there? Are we all there? And again, this is old man, new man stuff. This, this, this isn't a matter of whether I like it or not. This isn't a matter of whether I agree with it or not. This is a matter of whether I'm trusting my life to the will of God or whether I just want to kind of do it my way. Amen? Amen. But see, again, I didn't design me. So I don't decide how I work. And I don't decide how I function. If it were up to me, if I were the designer, cheeseburgers would be the food of life. <laughs> and every time I took one in, it would be so good for me. It would, it would thin my blood and make my heart strong. It would give me biceps. <laughs> but that's, I'm not the designer. Amen. And so Paul says, we work hard because our hope is in God. Verse 11, insist on these things and continue what? Continue teaching them. We're teaching. We're teaching. We're teaching. We're passing these on to other people. Insist on these things and continue teaching them. Let nobody look down on you for your youth. When I was in my 20s, I used to preach this every day. Let no one look down on you in youth. Instead, be a what? Be an example. So yes, when people say, I just try to live my life as an example, that's a good thing. Do that. Live your life as an example and teach too. Because you should be teaching the example that you're living. 
And so when you teach, then people should see that what you are teaching matches up with what you've actually been doing. Right. Because we all uh, at least encountered one person that tried to teach us something and we already knew who they were. And we're like, you don't even do that yourself. How are you trying to tell me? You trying to tell me how to get you broke. All right. So uh, let, let no one look down on your youth. Instead, be an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. And yes, I know that's not easy to do. That is the ideal. That is the goal. We don't just say, you know what? It's hard. I ain't going to do it. We don't say, you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect and let it go. No, we strive for the prize. And we believe in that God is transforming us. And we allow the test of uh, uh, the testing of our faith to continue to prove our faith and grow our faith. Because when we exercise the muscle, the muscle gets stronger. Amen. Amen. Until I come, devote yourself to the reading of scripture, to encouraging and to what? Teaching. Teaching. Devote yourself to the reading of scripture. And the idea here is, is not just the reading of scripture. The idea here is the sharing of scripture. So devote yourself to sharing the scriptures or the public reading of scriptures. Devote yourself to encouraging. Devote yourself to encouraging. Devote yourself to. Are you going to encourage somebody today? Are you going to encourage somebody tomorrow? Are you going to encourage somebody on, on, on Tuesday? Some of y'all ain't, ain't, ain't with this yet. Devote yourself to encouraging and teaching. Old man, new man. Old man, new man. See, the old man has other stuff to do. And that's why the old man can't devote himself to reading the scriptures. The old man can't devote himself to encouraging. The old man can't devote himself to teaching because the old man has other stuff that he has to do. See, but we told ourselves that when we went down into the watery grave, the old man died. So his agenda died with him, right? Why would you die as the old man, have God raise you up as the new man, and then you still have the old man's calendar that you're following? You're still keeping his appointment book. New man has new man stuff to do. Are we there? Are we there? Now, not only does old man agenda and calendar die, we got to get rid of the old man's appointment book, the old man's attitude has to start getting challenged. See, some of us don't want to encourage people because we don't really like people that much. We don't really like people that much. Some of us don't, don't, don't encourage people. Not that we don't like people. We just want to be bothered. We just want to be bothered. I ain't got time to encourage nobody. You know why I ain't got time to encourage nobody? I got a whole season of Grey's Anatomy on my DVR. I got I to catch up on that. That's important. That's old man attitude. So we got to get rid of old man's calendar book and old man's attitude so we can be new man. Amen. 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 And some of us don't have the faith in ourselves that God has in us. Some of us aren't going to teach anybody because we feel like we don't have anything to teach. We don't feel like we are teachers. Now, I'm going to give you this. This is honest God truth. Some of us don't need to teach publicly. Wait, wait, wait. Well, you know what? That was wrong. I shouldn't have said publicly. I shouldn't say that, that was wrong. Some of us aren't classroom teachers, all right? That's, that's what I meant. Some of us don't need to have a bunch of people sitting in a, a formal setting and, you know, we pointing at stuff. Some of us don't need to do this, right? It's not our gift, and that's okay. It's not supposed to be a gift because everybody's not a proclaimer, 
Everybody's not a academic type of teacher, right? Everybody can relationship. Everybody can relationship. Now, I know there'll be some pushback on that because some people are like, eh, I like to keep to myself. Well, you like to keep to yourself. That's not how you were designed, <laughs> right? Eh, you know, I don't think I really, I, I'm, I'm kind of shy. Okay, you're shy because some, somebody taught you the word shy and you accepted that and put it on yourself. That's not the way you were designed. Amen? Amen. We are designed to be relational. We are designed to be communal. We are designed to be hitched to other people and to give and take in these relationships of mutual accountability and shared love. That's how we are designed. And if we have accepted another identity from another teacher, that other identity and the idea of accepting that dies with the old man. And when we're raised up, the same way you raised up understanding, I'm saved now, I'm righteous now, I'm pure now, I'm holy now, I'm flawless now. You accept the other teachings of Jesus where he teaches you you are communal now, you are relational now, you are interdependent now, you are a piece of the whole now. That's new man stuff. That's new man stuff. See, I got baptized. And when I came up, I had this very strong sense that I belonged to God. It's really what got me into the water because I had this sense that I did not belong to God and I wanted to belong to God. And trust me, I knew that I was guilty of some stuff. I knew it. And so with the guilt come, you, 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 do the, you do the crime, you do the time. And so I, I was facing my sentence. And so the very same faith that lets me know, <laughs> I ain't got to do that time. I'm saved. I've been pardoned. Is the very same faith that lets me know how God has made me to be as a new man. Amen, amen, amen. Going on, he says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy when the elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things practice these things constantly be involved in them constantly be involved in them so that everyone may see your progress pay close attention to yourself and to the teachings doctrine the teachings persevere in them it means keep going in them endure in them because by doing this you will look at this look at this this is about your salvation and the salvation of the people that you're mentoring. It's about you and them. About, you're doing this for, for everybody involved. It's for the kingdom. You see that? Persevere in them because by doing this, you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. You see, you see, you see, Paul teaches. We see that Paul teaches. And Paul teaches the importance of teaching. Are we all there? Are we all there? Paul tells Timothy how important it is for Timothy to teach. Paul tells Timothy what teaching will do for Timothy. And Paul knows what teaching will do for Timothy because Paul knows what teaching did for Paul. And that's what he's pouring into him. Are we all there? And we can't minimize the importance of these relationships because it is within these relationships that we are doing what God has designed us and created us to do. And in doing what God has designed us and created us to do, we grow in what God has designed us and created us to do, which means we are becoming more and more of what God has created us to be. The new man glorifying God with the new life that he gave us. Are we okay, are we okay with that idea? 
and always keep the Great Commission always has to be within view. It always has to be within view. We call it the Great Commission. It is the mission that God gave to his followers. Are, are, are we there? Go everywhere. Go everywhere and teach people. Go everywhere, teach people, and baptize them. Go everywhere, teach people, baptize them, and mentor them to spiritual maturity. Now, I know that's not the version that's in your scriptures, but that's what it says. Go, teach, baptize, keep teaching them until they're spiritually mature. That's our mission. That's our mission. Who accepts the mission? That's who God called us to be. Amen, 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 amen. So, next steps. This is actually what I, 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 I thought the most about this week, what the next steps should be. And I, I, thought that, I thought about this the most this week because I was trying to put it in a way that made it seem like I was telling you something substantial but the next steps for this particular lesson is really simple just do it just do it you need to enter into a relationship with somebody that you can pour yourself into or you need to rekindle a relationship that you already have that you can pour yourself into someone somehow some way you need to start investing yourself so that you are devoting yourself in the life of somebody else where you are in the scriptures and you are encouraging and you are teaching and and it's not just about the scriptures it's about life older women teach the younger women older men teach the younger men and I promise you, if, 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 if we start really embracing this, it's not going to be as hard as it may seem uh, if, if we've never done this before. Because last week, we talked about being learners, and I gave the encouragement that everybody should look for a mentor. And this week, I'm giving the, 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 the encouragement that we need to look for learners. So if the learners are looking for mentors and the mentors are looking for learners, somebody's going to find somebody, Right? I mean, it's pretty much like a, what, what do they call those places where you go to get a date? The meat markets? What, what, the, the singles bars where you, where you go there, you know everybody's single, everybody's looking? I don't know. I never went to one. I met my, I met my wife in church. I met my wife on a pew. Uh, <laughs> we have a holy relationship. <laughs> but you go and you know everybody's seeking. And so if everybody's seeking, you're going to find a Amen. And and again, if you've decided that you're a learner and you're looking for a teacher, that doesn't mean that you're not a teacher because you're older than somebody else. Amen. I had parents. I have parents growing up, though. I also had an older brother. He was at Midstop. I learned from all of them. And so just because you aren't fully grown doesn't mean you don't have something to teach somebody who's not quite as far along as you are spiritually and in their understanding. Amen. And so the idea here is that we're supposed to be learning and teaching. And you will be amazed by how much you actually grow, not only from learning, but by teaching. Amen? Amen. We all there? 
So that's our, our, our next steps for all of our, our family members who are in relationship with God, who are actually living and exercising this faith and living a life by faith because you trust your life to the will of God. But if you are not in relationship with God the way the Bible describes a relationship, you know what? I'm going to give you the exact same encouragement. Just do it. Just learn. Because uh, right here, we have a number of people who are quite spiritually mature. Again, we are a blessed congregation in the sense that we have uh, the, 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 the paternal structure that God intended for our congregational family. We have mature elders and we have mature elders wives. We have working active deacons and working active deacons wives. We have unofficial, untitled, unnamed mature leaders who have so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much love to give to pour into other people. I bet right now, if you just reach your hand out to your right or your left, you can touch somebody that'll be a blessing to you in your spiritual life, whether you are a teacher or a learner in that relationship. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yes, this is a touch your neighbor moment. Touch your neighbor. <laughs> I was halfway playing, but if you enjoy it, go ahead. Uh, you should be a learner. You should be a teacher that makes you a disciple. And you're going to grow in that. Amen? Can we do that? Can we do that? Can we do that? And the reason I'm pointing this out is because I have eyes like you have eyes. I have ears like you have ears. I, I see what you see. I hear the things that you say. We try to address what we believe needs to be addressed in the congregation. And I'm telling you, we have to get to the point where, you know, the leadership needs to do that. Well, Jonathan needs to do that. No, we need to do what we are called to do by God. And if we each become learners and teachers, we will actually address the things that we need to be addressed. And we will do it the way God told us to communally as a family, each doing our part as God has given us tasks to do. Amen, amen? Amen. If you need to learn, be a learner. And I'm speaking specifically to the people who are not in relationship with God the way the Bible describes relationship with God. If you need to be taught the story of redemption, if you need to be taught why and how God extended his love to you through the person of Jesus Christ, that's what we are here for to teach that message, to exalt our Savior, our King, Jesus Christ, to make people aware of the love that God is extending to everybody because he is patient and merciful and kind, because God extends his grace to us and his grace saves us. And we teach the story of Jesus. We teach the love and the mission and the passion of Jesus. And we teach how Jesus, because of his sacrifice and what he did on the cross, what he did in the grave, the resurrection of God uh, in the grave, how he allows us to enter back into relationship with God and why we need to enter back into relationship with God and how he renews us. That's the salvation story. And I'm giving you the, the short version, but I would love to give it to you in full. That's why I always put my information up there. Send me a text, catch me on Facebook, send me an email. We will connect, we'll sit down, we'll have some coffee, we can meet in my office today. We can sit down and let the scriptures speak to you so that you can understand the, the opportunity and the offer of eternal life that God has extended to you because he loves you. And then just do it. Respond to God, love God. Understand why the old man has to be put to death so that you, you can become the new man that God designed you to be, the new person God designed you to be, amen? We're going to do our usual tradition. 
where we stand, and we're going to sing a song that we call the Song of Invitation. If you have learned, and you know that today is the day that you're going to give your life back to God, we're going to ask that you come down front uh, while we sing the song and let us know that you want to put the old man down and have God raise up the new man in your baptism today. We'll facilitate that. We'll rejoice with the angels as God washes clean your soul. If you have uh, prayer needs that you would like to have addressed, uh, when we stand, our elders and other prayer leaders, they're going to go through this door and go into our cafe, Milk and Honey. And if you'd, like, if you'd like to have them pray with you and for you about your specific prayer needs, whether you filled out a prayer request card or not, they'll be in there waiting for you. And you can uh, have your uh, prayer needs addressed immediately in there. We're going to do that right now as we stand and sing the Song of Invitation.